0: To the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking, and now I'll introducing your host Gareth Beckett.
1: Howdy, mountain bikers! Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode number eighty-eight of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I am here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out in the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking. ...and the people involved, so thanks so much for tuning in and thanks for being here. Now, I just want to say a big congratulations to everybody at the Gravity Enduro last weekend. It looked like an amazing event and um, people seem to be having a lot of fun there. So, congratulations to everybody that took part and everybody that helped organise such an amazing event so well done and i just want to say good luck to everybody at the irish downhill mountain bike series this weekend i hope everything goes well there and i hope everybody enjoys their weekend there it seems like it's going to be an awesome one as well so good luck folks and um, keep it between the hedges will you now i'm pretty stoked about this week's guest on the mtb tribe podcast because we are talking to the master the legend himself mr glenn o'brien glenn was um, kind enough to come on the show he's such a busy man his schedule is unbelievable and we were chatting to him just off the back of The latest round of the Vitus First Tracks Enduro Series and um, them series have been going so, so well and Glenn is absolutely stoked about them. So we chat to him about that, how that has built, how the numbers are increasing. It's just a great, great series And, and Glenn is so passionate about it now. He does so much to make those rounds happen. chat about his Portuguese downhill European champs, how that went. How he gets out on the downhill bike and still really, really enjoys that. We chat about the Vitus first tracks. The new team its a slightly new team lineup. We chat about that. We chat about how Jack and Drew are getting on and the under-21s. And um, its it's been a great season so far. It's so busy in Ireland. It's just unbelievable. So we chat to him about that. We also chat to Glenn about... The round three move to Deal obviously, there's some issues about uh, trail closures, things like that. We do touch on it. Now, we don't get into it in too much detail, but we definitely do touch on it. It's great to have people like Glenn involved in the issue um, and getting down to chats. And let's hope we get this to a uh, a good outcome for both parties. And I think we will. And with people like Glenn involved, it will happen, it'll be good. So tune in, we chat about that a wee bit later in the podcast. Um, and as I say, it's just good to get Glenn's take on it and um, help us smooth things out and and help keep us on the right direction regarding that. We also chat to Glenn about heading to Whistler and what he's got planned for the near future this year. We chat to him about lots of stuff, as always. He's a character, he's great to have on the podcast and um, it's, it's good to get him on the show once again. So without further ado... Let me introduce Glenn O'Brien to the MTB Tribe Podcast.
2: Hi Glenn, welcome back on the MTB Tribe Podcast. How's things, sir?
3: Hello Gareth, uh, thanks for having me back again. So uh, all all is good, uh, race season has started so we're in the thick of it here.
2: Yeah, totally man, and and thanks for coming on uh, midway because you are a busy, busy, busy man and uh, you have lots of things happening all the time, so thanks for your time and coming on and chatting to us.
3: No worries man, it, it never stops all year round, so uh, <laughs> great to get into the, you know, actually seeing things happen and,
2: and uh, getting the racing going and yeah, it's all, all leads motion here on in. Yeah, crazy, and I was looking, you were back. You were on the show back on, let me see, November two thousand seventeen, episode ten. Right now we're on episode. This is going to be episode eighty-eight, I think. So that's crazy, man. That's way over a year ago.
3: You've been a busy man then as well. <laughs> <laughs> I have listened to quite a few of them, like, and they're absolutely brilliant. So you're definitely getting the the right people on there, like, and it's uh, it's great to hear everybody's stories and. All the wee bits and pieces and all the things that just make the whole mountain bike community work, isn't it? So yeah, always a lot that goes on in the background that people just haven't got a clue about. So it's brilliant having people like yourselves kind of like digging a wee bit deeper and uh, yeah, getting people to
2: uh, to listen up and sort of see what's going on in the world. Aye, well that's cool, man. That's cool, and I, I'm trying to focus the podcast a wee bit more around the irish scene and and try and get the names out a wee bit more and stuff like that so it's really cool because last time when you were on we chatted about rampage and about your racing and how you started and all that crazy stuff but this time i think we'll concentrate a wee bit more on uh, the fittest first tracks enduro cup and how that's been going and stuff um and, and just look at that but before we get into that, Glenn, how was Portugal? How was the Masters downhill European champs, man?
3: Pretty good, actually. Good fun. Uh, really good track, too, as well. Definitely worthy of the European Championships. Uh, nice and fast. Dusty for a change for us. Um, yeah, done a really good job. Uh, the organisation and all was good. Uh, we had a blast. Practice and all went well. Uh, Result wise, it's funny, uh, I don't know if you've seen the results or not. Like, yeah, it it did, yeah, yeah. Squillionth of a second off third place. So that's the difference. Everyone's <sighs> been saying to me, oh, hard luck, hard luck. You know, just missed the podium. You know, and that's the difference between people saying, oh, well done, nice result, you know, and uh, unlucky, mate. So uh, I know what it was, like four hundredths of a second or something silly like that.
2: Oh, that's man, that's...
3: Cool. Yeah, a lot of positives to take from it too, like, so it um, wasn't too far off the mark definitely felt it was in the race Uh, i think there was maybe five of us that were there thereabouts could have won the race and it was sort of who put the the best run together sort of on the day and it just wasn't me i suppose um but it was it was close enjoyed it really enjoyed it Mm
2: -hmm. and and how do you feel going to that downhill thing because you're more kind of enduro now and stuff but how do you feel going into that downhill kind of league again is it different
3: yeah, it, it's different certainly with, with enduro, you know, with having the five, six stages uh, and kind of pacing yourself. Downhill is just that one run where you just let loose for those few minutes and any wee mistakes and um, it's all over. Where enduro, kind of, you make a few mistakes, you know, and you can get away with it. So, definitely a different mindset uh, going into the race uh, when you're sitting in the start gate. Um, so it's just getting into that frame of mind where you just can't hold back and you just, yeah, you just go for it. Um, yeah, I find it probably, yeah, I really enjoy it, but maybe quite hard to get into that frame of mind, you know, every every mm-hmm. weekend. And I don't race downhill every weekend, but um, the times that I do, I definitely definitely enjoy it. Like the whole the whole day, the whole weekend is fun isn't it where, uh, you know, you do all your practice and then uh, there's a lot of um, bike setup and, Fidgeting around and all the the nerves are going, and you're thinking about this and going through the track, you know. So uh, you do get a bit more time to sort of process everything. Where enduro, it's you know, you're always on the bike and doing stuff, and there's a lot more to kind of think about. Where downhill is just that three or four minutes, so you just have that that release. So yeah, it is. It's different, and I'm Mm -hmm. glad I'm not racing enduro every weekend, and glad I'm not racing downhill every (laughs) weekend. You got to mix it up, these days, man.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's Cool. It's cool. Had you read that
3: uh trail before no that was first time uh no i'd seen a few um gopros brett wheeler had some stuff up there i think it was a, a portuguese national on it maybe six months ago or some something, something like that so uh i'd seen the head cam and it looked good looked fun uh yeah uh it was the track was slightly different but you know started and finished in the same place
2: Mm-hmm. and and how does it work then do you get can you go down it as many times as you like are you only allowed down at once how does that work
3: yeah so it was like the masters and uh, elite european championships um so practice was limited so we only had a couple of hours practice every day right. we were there we were there on wednesday walked the track myself and ian McIntyre. so uh so we walked the track wednesday thursday friday practice with only a couple of hours so, like we were first ones down the hill. We were up there uh, waiting on practice to start because we knew we were very limited to, to practice time, and there was, you know, it was a fairly long track. So there was a lot to a lot to take in, a lot to remember, a lot to learn. So um, and practice went well. Thankfully, um, no mechanicals, no punctures, because that's your practice ruined. So mm. uh, so that went good. Uh, everything went smoothly. Saturday is a seating run uh and then you get a bit of practice and then you're just your one race run, on on the sunday mm-hmm. yeah so uh big ian sent it over the line then for, for second place so i so stuck for
2: him aye brilliant man that that is awesome that's awesome yeah the the images and stuff from it looked really good
3: yeah definitely it was a proper race sunshine and dust makes it look good doesn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, it definitely looked the part. Now, now let's chat a wee bit about the Vitus team because it's changed up a wee bit this year. You have a couple of new members. Two um, so Catherine's on it, and Drew Armstrong. Um, so tell us a wee bit about Catherine. How's her season been going?
3: Yeah, well, uh, you know, Catherine's supposed a bit more of like a a ladies ambassador role rather than just just racing. Mm-hmm. So uh, she spends a lot of time on her road bike and uh, on her or on her trail bike on her scarp, just like uh, riding and uh, getting the miles in and doing the big climbs and all that, and just generally getting uh, other ladies stoked on riding bikes. And mm-hmm. certainly, she plays a big role in the, the Vitas First Tracks Euro Cup with the organisation and and all the, the, the general running of that um, before and after the races and, and during the race as well. So yeah, she she plays a, a big role in the whole massive,
2: thing. yeah. And the whole sort
3: of management structure
2: of the thing. So. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how how about Drew? How's he been getting on?
3: Yeah, Drew. Drew's joined the team this year and seems to be fitting in quite well. Uh, I think he's loving the bike. So and as certainly as results are, are showing that um, the the summit seems to be working really well for him. Uh, it's certainly looking at his results um, from previous years and and now. And uh, this being his first proper year doing AWS, um, he he right in there straight away. He was 16th there at the weekend in, in Madeira, and some really good stage results uh, for himself and and Jacko as well. Mm-hmm. So great to see that bike and all working well. Uh, I think he, he trains hard. You know he maybe doesn't say very much, whatever like, but uh, he definitely does his homework and uh, knows when to turn it on. Like so, yeah, definitely one to watch for the future. I think.
2: <laughs> Yeah, it, it's definitely cool to see. And, um, yeah, Jack was 19th in Madeira as well or something, wasn't he?
3: Uh, in around, I think that'd be 18th or 19th or something. Aye.
2: I really, really good.
3: Back day, so.
2: Aye, cool. And how did Drew and Jack get on?
3: Oh, uh, they need to, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I think they travelled out separately, like, but then they you know, the practiced together, and then they were basically racing together. So the, they went out together for the race, like so. But, yeah, I mean, the guys the guys get on well. Um, uh, they share sort of different lines and uh, chat about things and sort of uh, race tactics and all that sort of crack, like, you know. Uh, probably more Drew than Jacko. Jacko just wins it, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I, because two, I was, two different personalities. Two different oh, really? Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah interesting because i was wondering when i seen drew coming on your team i was like oh you know how's that going to affect jack you know is it let a fire under his butt or, or how's it going to affect them but they seem to yeah. get on well then
3: yeah that was the plan that was the plan you know we need to need to kick up the ass sometimes i'll jackal <laughs> 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 we just uh, like jack was a wee bit too chilled out sometimes like you know so uh sometimes you have to you have to do certain things in it the to spark him up a wee bit, like, and get him that up. Like, so uh, I think Drew been a positive influence on the team and, and Jack as well. So uh, mm-hmm. two guys can work away. Hopefully um, spent more time together and getting to know each other and getting to race together. And uh, hopefully that, uh, that, you know, helps their results improve, you know, over the rest of the season, hopefully next year as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. Um, we haven't seen a lot from Nathan this season. Is it due to his Malaga guiding business and stuff?
3: Yeah, so Nathan's on a kind of different vibe now. Like he's, I wouldn't say he's gave up racing, like, but uh, I suppose his racing career, if you want to call it that, uh, has taken a you know a, a different a, you know a different step really, where he's more into the the Enduro Malaga program, so more into the, the the coaching and and guiding and certainly building his business up. But I mean. Nathan's still re- really close to, to the team and all of us guys. He's, he's, a, he's a really good friend. Uh, I was out there in January so for a few days. Myself um, and Laura doing a class job. Really good fun. Class trails and a really good setup. Just a nice chilled vibe. Exactly what uh, Nathan's all about. Just riding mm. bikes, chilling out, drinking coffee and whatnot. So, uh, But he still plays a good role in the team. As kind of more uh, an ambassador. and He's doing a lot of stuff with the likes of Victor Lucas on as like sort of how to uh, videos, so uh maybe you've seen a few of them on mm-hmm. how to yeah how to be a, a lizard on a bike, jump up things, <laughs> jump
2: over things and, and <laughs> yeah that that last one oh, I put up, up. It was just amazing of him jumping up that that rock edge thing it, that was just unbelievable
3: yeah man's got some skills got some definitely got some talent uh as good as anybody out there just maybe hasn't got that uh, grunt and determination you know to become a, a full-time racer but he just loves showing off on the bike that's nathan mm-hmm. so uh he's right at home sort of taking groups out and showing them different trails and showing them different lines and jumping over things and yeah that's what he that's what he's good at that's what he wants to do so uh and he's making a career out of it now so brilliant to see it happen and he's still getting you know the best bikes out there still getting team out there he's doing loads of wee videos and all wee bits and pieces all the time he's you know mingling with different bikers from all over all over the world really down at Enduro Malaga so yeah people still getting the exposure just not we're not seeing him at home but he's going to be here he's actually going to be here for um round three in Ravensdale for the Champs.
2: oh very good very good yeah.
3: so it'll be good to see him back at home soil
2: well, happy days yeah happy days now the um the team change and stuff like that was that vitus's idea or was that something you put forward how did that all happen
3: yeah well we all sat down i suppose at the end of last season and uh had a good chat to the guys kind of uh figured you know what they were doing what they want to do uh we're never really ones for pushing them down saying sort it's of somewhere they don't want to go or what they don't want to do like so Mm. Uh like Drew's keen and on, on Jack's keen on doing the EWS still. So uh I suppose we tried to set up a wee bit of a programme that sort of helped them do that. Nathan wasn't that keen on racing and coming back home too much, but he just wanted to focus really in Spain on doing uh, his program over there. So the guys at at Vitus were were still still to have him on board and uh so long as they're riding uh, you know, the the Vitus bikes, then they were quite happy and he's still doing you know the videos, and he's still getting the, the exposure. That's really what it's all about at the end of the day. Lots mm. of guys from from back home look like to see him too, as well. Like so, I mean, chat them all the time. He's on the phone, or you know, you know, sending pictures or doing silly stuff all the time. Like so, he. Keeps <laughs> what's going on? And Uncle Charlie's out there with him as well, so there's a good connection there too, as well. With Charlie and, and
0: the, uh,
3: classic, oh, still,
2: still part of the family, dude. Ah, that's good, man. That's good to see. That's good to see. So how has uh, the Vitus brand been helping you out this season? Like, what bikes are you on? How are they going?
3: Yeah. So, yeah, for this year, uh, most people have actually uh, chose to ride the, the Summit for, for racing. Uh, Catherine's on the Escarp. She's probably more into the, the big days, you know, on uh, the big planes. And also that bike's mm-hmm. a bit lighter and stuff. Uh, and I've actually got an e-Summit which I'm, I'm absolutely loving. Brilliant. Mm. Um, e-bike racing's kind of, I wouldn't say taken off, but um, without, we've got the e-bike category now for the for Vita's First Traction Dural Cup, and uh, it seems to be growing quite steadily, I suppose, for each race. Uh, and people are asking about it, like, but I think just for, you know, e-bike riding, it's getting much more popular. Uh, I was a, on it today, actually, um, up around Ravensdale. And they're just really good fun to do, you know, especially the legs and the body and the, the head and everything being a wee bit tired after, after the weekend, uh, still nice to get on the bike, still nice to turn the legs over and you just cover so much ground, Joe, and, uh, without it being too, too taxing on the old body. If, if mm-hmm. you want to, want to be mm-hmm. that way. So, yeah, I'm enjoying that
2: yeah that was cool because i was going to ask you about that um because i know you had it in the the uh, first in enduro and stuff so we'll get into that a wee bit later uh, um, because it is interesting i think it's very interesting so what bike are you riding then in the enduros just tell us a wee bit about it
3: so uh summit crx so carbon frame uh, aluminium back end and then 27.5 wheels seems to be um what works for me tried the okay. 29er last year. Uh, I enjoyed it really for a while, but then I went back onto the 27s. I thought this really just suits me better, suits our tracks over here better, and I uh, just had more fun on that. So, and uh, it works. So, yeah. And then the other guys, kind of similar as well. I know Vetus uh, have a few ideas coming out for, for next year. They're expanding the range, so uh, keep an eye on that. So it's going to be, you know, yeah going to be hard to choose which one to go for next year really so it's just wide <laughs> open like and, uh, class to see what they've got lined up there so pretty pretty excited with all that
2: yeah because the selection of bikes at the minute is really good actually you know they have kids bikes road bikes city bikes gravel they have everything They're, the range is getting really good
3: yeah it already is a, a massive range and they do cater for pretty much every type of cycling and it's only going to get bigger and better for next year. So, uh, well, we'll not say too much about it. Like, but this definitely um, before the end of the season, I'm sure, you secrets will be out. Like, but um, yeah, it's good, pretty exciting stuff.
2: Now, what do you think of their downhill bike?
3: Surprisingly, unreal. I know probably for their their downhill bikes, um, they're not really known for their their, their downhill bikes too much uh and they just kind of offer you know that that one dominer there um spec on it is pretty deep for the money unbelievable absolutely unbelievable the you know the frame and chassis is 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 perfect and you can build on that for somebody that wants to you know be a bit more competitive for downhill racing and it's easily you know easy to upgrade some of the components if, if you need to but certainly out of the box you're not going to get much better for that sort of, um, for that price.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because European I've bike. heard, I've it's heard somebody else saying it's an awesome bike.
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely is. And, uh, pretty much stock bike, um, that I used, uh, at the European championships, bar wheels and a few wee things that I've done myself like, um, but bike works great tracks the ground, you know, handles really well. And it's really light actually. So perfect for racing over here.
2: Mm. Yeah, certainly. And um, have you had any other other bikes? Have you had any gravel bikes or anything like that from them? Or? Uh,
3: yes, I've got. It. Well, I've got a cross country bike. I've got the Repaid, but I have it. I have it a few years. Uh, I just put a dropper post on it because I couldn't ride a cross country bike with a normal post on. It. I'd kill myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like I like doing a bit of cross country racing. Um, so I've got one of them. Got a downhill bike. Got my uh, enduro bike and I've got uh, a road bike as well. I've got a, have a Tessie.
2: Bike. Right, okay. You're building up a, you're building up a, a yeah, collection. not
3: a collection.
2: Exactly. Alright, well, let's chat a wee bit then about the, the Vitus First Tracks Enduro Cup, and um, about how you've been getting on there. So, Ravensdale was on the 6th and 7th of April. Um, you had like two hundred and fifty competitors or something in that.
3: I think, yeah, maybe a bit more. I think it was two seventy something. Wow! Over. Wow! Yeah, yeah,
2: really good. Uh,
3: yeah, numbers have been really good. Uh, the last couple of years have been very they've been consistent, uh, which is positive. Uh, getting a lot of people up from from sort of Dublin South and a lot of guys obviously from from the North racing here as well. Like so, yeah, Ravensdale was was a new venue. Um, used it before for downhill and what not in the past and then the guys down there in Cullin have been working on the, the trails down there over the last couple of years and they run like a, a club league down there so I've done that, done that last year and I was like oh, this is just unreal, the trail the standard of trails were, were absolutely brilliant, they've done a real good job down there mm-hmm. so I said then what about running a, a round of the Vita's first tracks and they were yeah, into that so so it all happened and it seemed to go down the Everybody loved it. Uh, probably quite surprised, actually, of you know, the standard of trails for a lot of people that hadn't been there before. Um, and we're going back for round three.
0: So, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, big plans for round three. Uh, people people, people thought Ravensdale was good. We're going to blow their minds with round three and the Irish champs. Unbelievable. The plan we have got in mind here. So, yeah, it's going to be good.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's cool because I was going to touch on that a wee bit because that was supposed to be at Ross Trevor um, and and we know that 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 changed through circumstances um, but we'll chat about that a wee bit later. So Ravensdale seems to be popping up a lot in the races at the minute so it it seems to be the awesome, I've never been there but it seems to be pretty awesome.
3: Seems to be the new go-to spot then, isn't it really? It's so handy as well. I mean, it's mm-hmm. less, less than one hour from Dublin. I know, uh, and it's 40 minutes or so from from Belfast. So it's actually a lot easier to get to even, you know, than uh, Castlewell and, and Restrever. you just straight down the, the A1 there and turn off Ravensdale, and you're there. So parking, mm-hmm. the whole venue, the whole setup is, is brilliant. Uh, the guys at Rosewood and all there let us use their car park, and uh, there's a nice restaurant in there and pub and all there. Massive car park you know, overlooking the mountain, and it's only like a five-minute pedal over to the trails. So mm-hmm. uh, really perfect setup.
2: Are the trails signposted and stuff there?
3: No. So they're all just natural trails, uh, and there's a lot of hikers and all in the area too as well, so a lot of different kind of user groups there. Uh, but everyone seems to be quite happy with what's going on and the whole on the whole setup. Uh, have been have been brilliant, actually um so working through the activity permits and the license agreements with them uh has been very positive um they're quite keen um to see mountain bikers in there acting responsibly with a with the trail building and uh, and obviously for the races and just general you know day-to-day biking so mm-hmm. it's all about just getting on with other people other forest users
2: yeah, cool. And is is that the first time that the Irish Nationals is going to be there?
3: Yes. So, we've had the downhill National Championships in Ravensdale mm. back in the day, but this is the first time that the Enduro National Championships will be uh, will be up here, and certainly for, um, for Ravensdale. So, Ravensdale... It's a bit more complicated here. So Ravensdale for round three is going to be a round of the, the Veda's first tracks enduro cup. It's going to be the Irish national enduro championships. And it's going to be an EWS qualifier. So kind of three events, if you like, in the one weekend. Or the mm-hmm. one race.
2: That's uh, that's going but, to be crazy.
3: <laughs> a few things to get your head around there. <laughs> All you have to do is sign up and ride your bike and let us deal with it.
2: Yeah, and how many people are you kind of expecting for that?
3: I think this one's going to go down an absolute storm, and we're expecting possibly to sell out. We can manage 350 people. uh So I would say we're going to get between 300 and 350 people, I'd, I'd imagine. There was a lot of people talking about it. First, Round went down really well. People enjoyed it, and it uh, seemed like they want to come back. So uh, the the thing didn't work out. So we were like, let's go to Ravensdale then. Everybody loved it. So uh, yeah, uh, we we announced it there about four or five weeks ago, and there were certainly no complaints. So it's happening.
2: Happy days, man. That's good. So that's the twenty second, twenty third of June. Yeah. Cool. now Let's chat a wee bit about uh, Bigwood. Then that was on the eleventh and twelfth, um, so it was just the weekend past there. Um, again, you had really good numbers for that.
3: Good numbers. Uh, I think it was maybe two, but the same, two hundred and seventy something signed on. Yeah. So Bigwood. Every time we go back there, people people just love it. Bigwood is just that wee sort of hidden gem. Uh, this time of year, the place is spectacular, just with the bluebells. The weather was good. The trails were dry and all for the race. Uh, Narrowater Castle is just an amazing venue. Just having that castle there as a backdrop to the, the race village. The place just looks super cool. The view over uh, Carnford Lock and Warren Point is, is really good. And then the trails themselves are class. The transitions are easy. Um, always uh, good type racing too as well. So each of the categories, you know, I think there was a lot of different stage winners and, in each category like you know so a lot of turn and fro um and good tight racing so Mm -hmm. we can mix it up there's just it's a quite a small forest uh, and all the locals have been down there building trails and uh there's it's just so easy to mix it up uh you even can confuse the locals They, they always just practice you know one or you know the same tracks but we can go down and just easily build a wee section or clear part of trail and you can link in different stages and Start in one trail, go over and finish in another trail, or go back onto another trail, and just mix it up so it makes it feel different all the time. Mm-hmm. So, and that's kind of the cool thing about about Bigwood. Every time you go there uh, for a race, it, we can just mix it up, and people people are enjoying that.
2: Yeah, very cool. And I, I did watch your footage uh, from the stages and stuff, and um, it it looks a lot of fun. It really does. Those trails look really good.
3: Yeah, do and. The trails aren't that difficult. Uh, it's it's just fun. That's what that's really all it is. Like you're not super nervous at the start of each stage going, Oh, I have to do that big drop off or that big gnarly rock garden. Uh, it's just like, you know, nice single track, you know, roots, rocks, nice berms, a couple of small jumps, bits and pieces. All just natural trail and that's what people want to ride. And uh, it's just really good fun just hanging out with their mates. You know, practice Uh, six stages which you can easily do in a a few hours so a lot of people were doing you know maybe well I think a few people actually done two two loops on the on the Saturday during practice Mm. Uh, a lot of people done maybe eight or nine stages and then uh, I suppose had to save a wee bit for the race then as well so
2: Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's interesting man and you know your numbers are showing that and You know, is it building every year for you as the numbers increasing?
3: I think the first few years where we were kind of finding our feet uh, on what really people wanted. And I definitely remember the first season, like we were trying to step it up and do the big long days or do the gnarly trails. Uh, And we nearly went too far, if if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we uh, and numbers reflected that too as well. So we could see when we went to the likes of Donard maybe for for example, uh, where you've got the big steep claims and uh, you know the, the the kind of gnarly descents. Um, some people do love that, but um, most people were like, "No, that's sort of beyond me." And uh, numbers went down a wee bit, and then we went back to the likes of Bigwood, and numbers spiked again. So we've kind of found that happy medium, I think, um, and certainly last season and this season. The numbers have got better, but certainly consistent across the board, which makes life for us a wee bit easier because um, we know kind of numbers are we're, what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, cool, man. And, like, do you think the majority of the people going there, uh, well, we're all the same once we go on that start line. We're all pretty competitive. But do you think a lot of the guys are wanting those more flowy kind of easier trails just because they're going there for a bit of fun they're just going to enjoy themselves and just have a laugh with me it's is that what's what it's more for do you think in, in Ireland?
3: Yeah I think um, people definitely enjoy natural trails much better and they enjoy a challenge I definitely wouldn't say easy trails mm-hmm. uh, no, I don't think anybody wants easy but they certainly want to challenge themselves so something that's maybe just in or around their comfort zone maybe a little bit more where if they ride through a section, whatever, and they nail it, that they're, that they're stoked. So uh, it's just finding that, uh, that kind of happy medium where top guys are enjoying themselves. Uh, it's challenging enough where they've still got line choices and, and, and things that they can do on the trail to, to squeeze out those few extra precious sections or seconds to, so they can win stages and whatnot. And then uh, for people that are just starting, Uh, that they're riding through stuff and riding down sections that they thought they couldn't do but uh, Mm. it's a race that they've kind of stepped their game up a little bit and uh, it's a challenge and uh, they feel like they've achieved something by the end of the weekend and they've got better as as mountain bikers so Mm -hmm. yeah I think we've we've kind of found that now and uh, we're quite happy and we know going into each race you know what's going to work, what doesn't work, what to avoid uh, and kind of what people want so yeah, we're we're we've been doing that now the last couple of seasons, and it seems to be working just, just fine. And that's the way we want to continue. Maybe uh, for for the next race in Ravensdale, we'll step it up a wee bit just because it is the the national championships. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the lap is just a bit longer than normal, and the uh, the stages are are longer. But uh, yeah, some some pretty good stuff in there. So if you want a, an epic weekend on a bike this
2: one will definitely be the one to go to very cool man very cool now you have round four then at castle Welland, 14th and 15th of september so what can the guys expect in that race is it going to be slightly different from last year as the stage is going to be different how's that going to work
3: yeah well castle Welland's a bit of a, a funny one at the minute um i suppose with Restrever, and us having to make the decision then to, to move that to Ravensdale, uh, Castlewell, Castlewell and similar. So uh, we're not quite sure 100% if that is happening or not. Um, we've got the plan, and uh, we know what we want to do. Obviously, that involves a lot of natural trail. And that's the vibe for the Venus First Traction Euro Cup. That's, that, that's, we know that that's what people want. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there are some nice trails in, in Castlewell and uh, we want to stick to those trails and use that. Uh if that's not possible, then we've got a few ideas in mind for different venues. But we're not quite we haven't quite got to that yet. At the minute, yes, the plan is still Castlewell and we hope that still works out. Uh if not, we're gonna have to go to plan B. So we'll just cross that bridge when we get to it.
2: Yeah, okay. So people can keep an eye for that, just um, uh, and see what's happening there. No problem, no problem. Right, so let's chat about your race season. How's it been going for you yourself?
3: um Hi, it was pretty good so far. uh I've done a few downhills, done some enduro. I'm cracking all the best, man. You know, I'm not all about the <laughs> results these days. <laughs> 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 You're quite happy to be in the mix, still. I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I can still, uh, yeah, give these young fellas a a bit of a run for their money. You know, things go well. I uh, enjoying sort of uh, running the, the races and uh, and delivering that. And then, yeah, racing as well. I think I'm still sort of there thereabouts. Don't focus on it just completely. You know, like I don't see myself just as a, a racer. Uh, but there's a lot a lot of other things that I and get enjoyment out of. I don't know how to do, like, but I, um, yeah, pretty good. I think results-wise, yeah, by all.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you've been doing well, man. You've been doing well. And, you know, I was going to ask you, right, because you're you're organising these Enduros, you know, do you take any type of a back seat because you're, you know, when you're racing, because you're also wearing the organizers hat. Like, how do you deal with all that racing and doing all that because i am sure there's so much stuff going on that you have to deal with um, so how do you actually focus to race at these events
3: to be honest man i really don't know i just crack on with it. that's it i just get i just get stuck into it <laughs> it is <laughs> absolutely exhausting mentally and physically and uh, it does actually take a while quite a while to recover from them i know i uh, you know the priority is organizing the race and making sure everything's running sweet. And we've got a really good team of people there, including uh, Catherine and, uh, and Tina and uh, Johnny and, and Wayne and all those guys. You know, they're very well experienced and all with what needs to happen and, and the whole setup. So I definitely uh, trust trust the guys that are on the ground uh, that are running the event when, when I'm racing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but before the event, it is the worst possible way you could ever, um, you know, prepare yourself for for a race. Um, it's doing all the, the organizing and track building and, you know, you don't spend that much time. People do, are under some illusion that because you you organize the race that you're at some advantage. But it's the complete opposite. You're, by the time you even get to the race there at the weekend, I felt I was just running on fumes. And because I know Bigwood so well, you know, that uh, that definitely helps. But uh, it is absolutely exhausting. Uh, the time, you know, I'm out of you know, all the stuff that's done at home in preparation uh, before you even start taping out. And then you're on your feet for days taping out and putting up signs and running around and all that. And then uh, it comes to the Friday and then there's people starting to arrive and people are sending you messages and emails and you're trying to respond all them and do a million things. You're trying to really do everything in the one go, and you know you're you're thinking about your your bike and your bike setup, and you're trying to you know practice and do all these things. You know. And uh, you know if you if you were to actually think about it too much, like then you know maybe things wouldn't work well. Have been like so. I just really just get on with it, just get sucked into it. And I know. Uh, once we get registration and all set up and we get people signed on, then I just kind of, uh, uh Kato takes over, I suppose. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, she's printed, She can just crack almost. You know, she knows what to do, and I like, can just go practice and kind of switch off a little bit from, uh, the race organisation to a certain extent. But you still get people stopping you and asking you questions, and you're thinking, yes, and you're thinking. About this, and you're thinking about this and then uh, we just have to get on what that's it mm-hmm. just you know that's just it i've just decided that um yeah, I enjoy organizing these races and you look at the track i couldn't just sit back and just let other people ride down them and then not get involved with the race side of things as well so i just enjoy both I do. that's what i do just get stuck into it
2: yeah it's cool man and you know I'm sure you're sitting up at the top of the run and somebody says, you're Glenn, uh, I think the tape's fallen on stage three, you know, around such a corner. And <laughs> you're like... <laughs>
3: That's, yeah, you're you're bang on, well, man, that happens all the time. Like literally, like the second that, that you take off, you know, the are asking you questions, the Other the are asking you questions, you're, all the stuff's going on in the back of your head. And you're going at the same time, like, right, where am I going around that first corner anyway? <laughs> like,
2: what was that again?
3: And you're writing down the track then. But you do, I, I suppose, like, I kind I I'm good at just blanking it out. Whenever I start, I can really just like switch off from all that other stuff and just focus on the race. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it seems to work.
2: It's the professional in you, dude. It's the professional.
3: Aye, uh, well,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah, uh, I let's chat. We chat a wee bit about the e-bike category then, because um, you touched on it briefly there, but it was received well. Then I went down quite well.
3: Yeah, pretty well. Yeah, first year of doing it. Um, we wanted to do it last year as well, but uh, it never happened. And then um, we took it to the to the off-road AGM again this year, and it got voted in as far as, like, yeah, we want this to happen. So there was, um, yeah, a few technicalities and whatnot. We had to work out with uh, the insurance through Cycling Ireland. That all was grand, so, yeah, it was game on. And we had a lot of inquiries about it, like a lot of people asking about it and saying, like, yeah this is going to be sort of fairly big and to be honest the first race there was only a handful of people i thought there was going to be more um we had about maybe six six or seven people mm-hmm. but a few more bigwood um but i suppose uh and there there were guys that that would have raced probably anyway in normal bikes uh but i think now yeah e-bikes yeah e-bike uh, e-bike riding is definitely growing and a lot of people getting into it and what, kind of have two bikes, you know, the normal bike and the e mm-hmm. bike. Uh, and people still prefer to race normal bikes, I think. Um, but I think certainly it's going to grow uh, and maybe next year or maybe towards the end of the season, uh, it's only going to get bigger. So, mm-hmm. yeah, watch this space, I think. It's yeah, what we're doing as well. We're kind of, They're just following kind of the, this, the main enduro and doing the same stages. They seem to be happy doing that. There doesn't seem to be... Uh, people ask them to do more stages or longer stages or anything like that. So, um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: so we'll move with the times.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I, th- I think it's cool, you know, um, that they're doing the same stages and stuff because there's probably not the numbers to do something separately for them. Um, and it's cool, too, that the, the riders that were on the e-bikes was normally race Anyway, it's cool to see them maybe just switching to an e-bike for one reason or another. Are you, or are you hoping to see people that maybe wouldn't normally race coming and racing on an e-bike? Do you think that'll happen?
3: Yeah, we hope so. I mean, I'm just generally speaking, like most people, uh, I've looked through the results and whatnot and uh, recognized the names and know that they have raced before. Uh, but certainly, yes, that was uh, the idea behind it all. Uh, e-bike category get different people into the sport give them the, the opportunity to race too as well, so uh, hopefully on down the line, and, the, and they see the videos going out, and they see a bit of hype about e-bike racing, and they kind of go, oh yeah, I wouldn't mind giving that a go so, uh, yeah so let's let's hope then that uh, it does get uh, more people into the, the sport of enduro racing
2: Of course, of course um, had anybody any battery issues over the day?
0: hi <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so <laughs>
3: I think you'll crack on, aye. You know, mm. I, I mean, I was out in my like, today, and you can ride that thing for five or six hours.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, if, yeah, if, if you're just keeping an eye on uh, what modes and stuff you're in. Uh, and crack on and do one of easily in probably two and a half to three hours. You're not mm-hmm. going to use battery anyway. So it's not normally a big issue. Uh, I think maybe the first round... I know one of the guys tried to do practice and the race on the one battery without a charge in between.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, yeah, I think he just came in fumes <laughs> after the last stage or so, or the last climb anyway. So uh, he probably needs to think a bit more the next time he does a race, maybe to just skip that out of battery, a bit of a, charger, a, bit of a anyway, before he, before he
2: starts. Yeah, cool. And it's happening in round threes and four, so it's, it's going to be... Uh, happening rounds three and four you're just going to keep it the same same trails there's nothing changing
3: nothing changing no the guys seem to be happy there's no demand there for anything extra so uh they're happy we're happy we'll just keep it as it is all right
2: sounds good man sounds good um now what about your coaching side of things uh the first tracks mtb.com and your guiding business is that something you're still doing or concentrating on
3: still doing a bit yeah uh focusing more on the on the racing uh on the events
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh on the coaching still doing a bit still still enjoy doing uh, a bit of coaching um maybe don't just have as much time these days certainly a lot of people want to go out coaching weekends but my weekends are just chocker block with either a uh, work and work with the fire service or a uh, racing or organize your own events i'm just trying to get a free saturday or sunday it is practically impossible through kind of Uh, the race season Mm -hmm. Uh, but I still do a bit like yeah during the week um, mornings or evenings um, still enjoy it but uh, I haven't been pushing it too much
2: yeah no it's hard to do everything man you have to prioritize a bit
3: yeah it's you know everybody you know only has a certain amount of time and a certain amount of energy that they have for these things and if I do something like I like to do it properly you know so I don't want to do things half-assed so Mm-hmm. for coaching session, I wanna I wanna make sure I deliver like a good session. Same with the racing, um, a lot of energy and time goes into that, and uh, I wouldn't do it if uh, I didn't think I'd give it would give the best my best shot. And and with racing as well, uh, I like racing and, and I like focusing and uh, putting the time into doing it properly, rather than just turning up and being uh, a number really. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. Cool. Um, now, let's let's chat just briefly. I know we can't go into it in too much detail, but let's chat a wee bit about the trail closures that are happening in the north. Um, you obviously, as we chat about, had to move uh, round three from Ross Trevor to Ravensdale. Um, so, can you tell us why you had to make that move in the first place?
3: Yeah, so it was a, a decision that we made ourselves. I uh, I'm pretty sure everybody's heard all the the uh, the chat and all that's going around about um, natural trails being closed down and whatnot, and uh, we figured, uh, yeah, better better move to to Ravensdale, um, kind of jump before we're pushed sort of thing, if you want to put it that way. And We know the trails down there are working good. Uh, the British First Track in Cup, you know that we. We don't want to go back to using just trail centres, and certainly the you know it was something that we decided. The council uh, still are committed to mountain biking, um, and the want to see events being ran uh, in Westryver and Castlewell. But just I suppose our race didn't really fit with the um, the the natural trails being being closed, or or yeah yeah at the minute. So uh, yeah, we we went to Ravensdale. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. hopefully it's going to be figured out hopefully it's being figured out so um yeah this is what we're working on at the minute um council seem to be committed to mountain biking there's a lot of a lot of issues and really it is a very kind of fragile topic at the minute with a mm-hmm. natural trails or informal trails what they call them and uh it does those it does raise a a lot of issues, there are a lot of issues around it, like you know, and uh, the, the Off-Road Commission and the event organisers have, have met with the, the council and, and the Forest Service to kind of discuss the, 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 the future of events and, and informal trails, and uh, it, it, it is quite positive, certainly quite positive at, at the minute, uh, it's not something that we're going to figure out overnight, it's going to be a fairly lengthy process and um, there's a lot of issues uh, involved and uh, we're just going to have to work through them and uh, hopefully in the short to medium term, hopefully even by Castlewell, we'll get um, some good positive news. If not, we'll just have to keep working on through it until we figure it out. But, uh, but I do believe in my own opinion, um, we'll figure it out eventually and hopefully go back to the way things were. But it's just mm-hmm. going to take time. And we need to it positive. Mountain bikers and uh, I suppose the whole community kind of need to keep positive. But I know there's a lot of some speculation out there. Of, uh, this and that. Uh, but it is being worked on. It. Yeah, yeah.
2: Of course. And was there any one cause to it, Glenn, or anything? Or is it just something that's been happening for a number of years?
0: Yeah, I
3: think it's just been brewing for a couple of years. Uh there's a lot that as i say it's you know a very complex situation
0: mm-hmm.
3: um you know there's a lot of issues around um liability there's issues around um illegal trail building if you want to call it that there's issues around um mountain bikers kind of you know taking over the force if you like <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah and i know this just raises so many questions you know and uh, uh to be honest i haven't got the the answer for all these questions and mm-hmm. it is it is complex it is going to take time uh but it is being worked on
0: that's the positive thing
2: yeah the, the great thing about it is that you know um you have got involved and they have asked you to be involved which is fantastic um if the right people are involved i think things will get done you know um so that's a really positive side of it and it's positive that the conversation is happening you know it's not just being said you're not allowed to do that that's the end of the story you know things are being um discussed so it's, it's really good
3: yeah um, i think we've got the right people we've got the right people are uh and the way working group and uh, it seems to be taking a, a good direction Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the council are, are listening and certainly they've expressed um, their concerns and views and uh, we're just trying to, to deal with it and sort of you know, come up with some sort of compromise where where everybody's happy but we we really do need the community on our side and to keep it positive mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of stuff out there especially on, the, on the social media about people saying this and people saying that you know, and there is a bit of truth to some parts of it, other parts, you know people just, you know, start saying things and you know rumors turn into things and you know people people get their backs up and all that sort of stuff like you know so uh yeah it is uh, it is being worked on uh it's not going to be figured out overnight because there's just so many um issues to to work with Mm -hmm. uh but you know the anybody any the event organizers and and the the off-road commission you know seem to be um quite positive as to What's been happening so far uh, as to exactly what the future is, um, nobody knows. Um, but f- for now, certainly, uh, yeah, people, yeah, just hopefully know that uh, it is being worked on, and um, yeah, we just need to stick by it, keep it positive.
2: Mm-hmm. So, what do you think we can do as riders to help uh, and resolve this matter? You know, how can we do things that will actually help?
3: Yeah, uh, well, I think for now, certainly, um, you know, it's respect, isn't it, really? I think uh, people need to respect other um, forest users and uh, and other people's opinions, really. Uh, certainly, uh, and I'm going to use Restrever as the example, because um, that's where a lot of this sort of activity um, happens. So uh, so obviously, we've got our mountain bike trails there, we've got our trail center and all, which which is brilliant, serves a purpose. Uh, and then we've got all these um natural trails that have been there for years they've been there for donkeys years um and mountain been have been enjoying them uh, you know on a daily basis and for um events for umpteen years but um there's our we have to understand and respect that there's other forest users there as well there's you know uh hikers and uh whatever car, people carry on and hold in and, and all the rest of it like you know mm-hmm. and they want to enjoy the forest too as well like you know so um i suppose that we need to you need to respect them uh, and uh, there's a lot of trail building issues uh so people are building trails that are just coming you know straight across uh other you know the forest roads and that's causing uh, issues and there's a lot of complaints and stuff out like there from members of the public going into the council and uh, I suppose the council maybe are just being overwhelmed, you know, with, with complaints uh, about mountain bikers. And really, I suppose it's, it is very difficult. Uh, the kind of wouldn't say they don't know what to do. But for now, certainly they've, they've just maybe um, closed the trails down. Uh, and hopefully we can sort out some sort of compromise um, between mountain bikers and other forest users.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah, and just just to make it clear to people that are listening, the actual trail centres aren't closed.
3: No, definitely the trail centres aren't closed, and uh, you know the council still you know are, are very positive and behind mountain biking, and they want to see they want to see events happening. Uh, we've just got this issue around um, natural trail that causes uh, a lot of conflict, you know, and uh, and this is what we're working on. This is what we're working on. So there's liability issues. There's um, issues around uh, a, a legal trail building. There's issues around other forest users. You know, there's stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You, know, you know, it's just yeah. There's a lot, a lot of stuff. They're very, very complex and um, just needs to be worked out.
2: Yeah. Well, listen. I think that's positive. Um, and I think that people like yourself are involved is a very, very positive move um, on the likes of the council and the forestry and who else is involved there. I think it's very good to do that, to get the local guys that have been doing it for years, have been successful with it. Um, getting you involved is very, very positive. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll get, we'll get to um, some kind of agreement because I think there has to be an agreement. You know, we have to have some kind of agreement. We have to respect the other users of the forest. It's, you know, we don't own it. It's just not there for mountain bikes. So, you know, let's hope that's hope what works out well. And I think it will. Let's be yeah. positive about the thing.
3: No, I think you're right, Gareth. Well, it will. It you know, and I'm, I'm quite positive about the whole situation myself. I think it's just going to take time. But uh, I think somewhere along the line, uh, how long that is, I'm not sure. But it'll it'll get worked out. It'll get figured out. And uh, I think mountain bikers just have to, you know, have a bit of patience in this one. Definitely mm. patience and uh, and respect you know, until it gets figured out and then hopefully we'll get things back
2: to the way it was. Yeah, cool man, sounds good, sounds good. Now, let's chat a wee bit about the future for yourself. Um, What are you uh, hoping to do for the rest of the season as far as races go?
3: Uh, We just want to deliver awesome races. We just want to get people stoked on riding bikes. Uh, Ravensdale's coming up and then uh, Castle Elms hopefully uh, September time. So, uh, yeah, we've we've got a really good plan going for, for Ravensdale, some absolutely cracking stages on rail. So it's going to feel very different to, to round one and uh, definitely worthy of the Enduro National Championships. So, uh, yeah, uh, pretty excited about all that happening. So we've a bit of trail building to do and uh, a few bits and pieces to do down there to get ready in preparation for, for that one. And that's Gracie mm-hmm. going to be the bulk over the next sort of, five or six weeks. There's a few events on. I know we're heading down to Brie next weekend mm-hmm. for, the, for a round of the IDMS, which is brilliant to see it. Healthy again. Um, the numbers are back up again. Carrick was very successful there at the start of the year. So the vibe there and the atmosphere was brilliant. The guys done a great job. And Brie always delivers as well. Uh, the guys down there just absolutely love building trails. and It's always good fun. So pretty stoked to go down there. And then um, August times, we're heading to Canada for the. Wow. Finals, and then the, the Masters
2: Downhill World Championships. Wow. That's the awesome, man. Yeah. Have you been to Wester before?
3: I have. I spent quite a lot of time in Westler. Um, I spent two summers there and a good mm. part of the winter there as well. I've been there a few times for, for races and stuff. So, uh, class. I haven't been in a few years and I've got a few friends there as well. So, can't wait to get back over to Canada to hook up with them and uh, ride some bikes, uh, do some races, and and then and then it's actually Mont Saint Anne, which is on East Coast Canada. So we're kind of half the trip is West Coast Canada, Vancouver, Whistler, and then we're flying across to Montreal, and then uh, doing the, the World Championships then, uh,
2: in Mont Saint Anne. So afterwards. amazing, man! Amazing. That'll be that'll be so good.
3: But that's the big one for the year for the season.
2: <laughs> anyway. and, and and tell me now, what kind of training do you do for these races?
3: Yeah, I suppose in general helps a little bit. Uh but with downhill, like you need you need to ride your downhill bike. Um you need to be you know, you know a couple of days a week, you know, whether it's down the a river or doing uplifts or doing what you can, spending time on your downhill bike but off the bike as well, you know, you need to, you need to put the work in, in the gym, Uh, you need to be, you know, as fit and strong uh, for riding downhill as you do enduro, I know that, Mm -hmm. you know, know, technically, you know, like the the training can be uh, very different if you want to, you know, you know, specifically train for downhill, uh, because it's a lot shorter one race, you need to be probably a lot stronger and, and uh, more powerful for, for, for downhill, which is very mm-hmm. training. Yeah, where your enduro uh training is a bit more endurance based. But you still need to be strong and fit and flexible and all the rest of it too as well, Alex. So Yeah. But uh but for me, um probably don't spend as much time on the downhill bike as what I should. So uh yeah, so planning on a few more races and some more some more time on the on the downhill bike just doing uplifts and riding the big bike
2: yeah cool man cool and do you um when you go on there when you go on the downhill bike from from being on the enduro bike for so long do you get used to it quite quickly does it come back to you quite quickly
3: yeah yeah it does um and because i'm swapping between bikes all the time that i can get used to it uh but i do feel it's important that uh we do you know like the you know, the, 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 all the local races and, and build up to these, you know, like big events like the World Championships. You can't just rock up and not have ridden your bike in a while and do, even if you do all the, the training in the gym and whatnot, but you need to spend time on your bike. And there's nothing like a race to prepare you for a race, if that makes mm. sense. Mm-hmm. So you do, you need to be, you know, it's, it's difficult to go out. I know guys do timed runs and whatnot, and that's as close as we can get to, to simulate a, an actual race scenario, but you need to race, you have to race, or you can ride your bike on its limit uh, and be focused on racing and getting into that mindset of racing. So, yeah, so before we get to um, the World Championships, you know, the, the few races at home and, and, and in Western. there's a few races as well, as well that we want to get uh, stuck into. Um, Michael Cairns coming, coming over with me so um, yeah we've, we've plans for a few races and get the old race head on
2: ah, Exactly, it's kind of like using those races as warm-ups almost or something you know?
3: Yeah, they're just all you know, just, it's just all that kind of building blocks if you like towards the, the bigger goal isn't it? So. Yeah. yeah,
2: cool man, cool So uh, before I let you go Glenn, how can uh, people best keep up to date with the uh, Vitus First Tracks and Euro Cups and get involved?
3: yeah so most of our activity is on facebook so we've got the we've got a facebook page there we do a bit on instagram too as well um wh- which is cool all the guys are always you know plugging away on their stories and all that sort of crack um we've got a website so anybody that just wants to get into it um first tracks so there's all the information there on the, the race series venues uh, all the rules, all the updated rules and regulations on there too as well, so definitely worth a read down through that, and then all the the latest stuff then goes on to our Facebook page.
2: Mm, that's cool man, that's cool, because the rules have changed a wee bit, they do change every year, don't they, slightly?
3: Yeah, yeah. we work very closely with uh, Stephen MacDonald, he's the enduro rep then for uh, Cycling Ireland Off-Road Commission, and uh, we're chatting to him all the time, you know uh, he races as well, so he kind of sees the the ins and outs and the goings on of the of all enduro racing, the Gravity enduro series as well, and the grassroots stuff and also uh, yeah, so things uh, evolve and uh, we're changing and updating things all the time. And um, I think we've got most of it. We're actually chatting about this earlier on today with Stevie. Um, you know, we're quite happy with uh, what we're doing and where we're at with enduro uh, racing in Ireland at the minute. With mm-hmm. uh, a few things as well. Uh, lined up for next year, and to be honest, a few small tweaks that we have to do. But generally speaking, uh, we've we've pretty much nailed it, and we're right there. So,
2: Aye. yeah, it's amazing, man. The race scene in Ireland is unbelievable at the minute.
3: Unreal, it is so cool to see, uh, you know, three or four, you know, race series being so healthy, and more importantly, seeing the talent that ireland is producing at the minute is unreal on a world scene you know we have got all the mm. riders, and then you've got jacob and all there as well and a few other guys as well that are you doing the the downhill world cups and they're being competitive they're super competitive and it's um you know you know obviously thanks to you know like the, the the race series you know and all that sort of grassrootsy sort of styles mm-hmm. that we're doing back at home and the and people being so competitive and pushing each other on. And uh, that's what it takes.
2: Yeah, it's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. I'm sure you've seen some change in it since you started way back. Like, it's it's been unreal, eh?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think we've pretty much been there from the start, or almost at the start anyway, from back in the day, whether we use kitchen clocks for timing and races. <laughs> right through to what we've got today. Like, you know, so, um, yeah, seen it all, seen it evolve. Uh, seeing all the tracks and the bikes and the riders and the training, everything just progress and change so much. So yeah, really cool to see. It.
2: That's class, man. That's class. Well, here, thanks so much for coming on the show again, Glenn. I really do appreciate it. It was good to to chat to you again and and uh, find out how how the Vitas first tracks and Juros are going and all, man, because they're so successful. And I know everybody looks forward to them. So you're doing a great, great job there.
3: Good stuff. Thanks for having me, Gareth, and uh, keep the Stoke alive, man.
2: I will I try my best to this dude.
3: MTB tribe thing. I want to hear more.
0: Cracks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've been doing quite a lot with Robert from Freewheeling recently, and um, we're trying to get our heads together and maybe concentrate a wee bit more on the. Well, Robert is well, well into the race scene. I obviously i'm in ireland at the minute so i can't get my feet on the ground but um we're putting our heads together and we're going to try and do a wee bit more and, and help the scene a bit more help as much as we can anyway
3: no better man for the job <laughs>
2: class Glenn. well here thanks so much sir thanks for coming on have a great uh evening and um get training on that downhill bike will you
3: will do cheers guy cheers bud Good luck, man.
1: that's it for episode number 88 folks i hope you enjoyed that and glenn thanks so much for coming on the show i did appreciate you coming on and having a chat with me once again it was awesome and it's crazy it's been so long since episode 10 but um it's awesome to get you on sir so thanks so much and good luck with the rest of the vitus first tracks enduros there and everything else you've planned for this season good luck sir good luck thanks so much for tuning in and listening i really do appreciate it and if you want to help the podcast the best way to support the show is by subscribing rating and reviewing us on apple podcasts every one of your ratings help boost us on apple's algorithms and help spread the good word about the show to more people If you're not on Apple, you can also find us and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify and Podbean. We also have a website www.mtb-tribe.com where you can find the complete bike catalogue, listen and download every show there onto whatever device you use. You can also subscribe there, get one email per week with a quick link to listen to the show. You can also get involved on social media at MTB Tribe on Instagram and Facebook take screenshots and help share the show thanks so much folks thanks for your support over the last number of months the podcast has been growing and getting out there to more people so thanks so much for tuning in and thanks for all your comments now if you want to get in contact with the show you can do it via socials or you can email me at info at mtb tribecom i do read all emails and i will get back to you so thanks so much for tuning in, folks. We have a great show planned for next week. It's a bit different. It's um, a great, great story with a great ending, um, a charitable ending, um, just very different. And this guy is, is such an inspiration to all of us. And um, tune in and, and find out more about that next week. So until then, get out in the bike, keep it between the hedges, enjoy yourselves, and have a great weekend.